Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best dang podcast you can get your little ears into. Hope your little ears have been safe this week. Uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks, but we hope you're staying safe, wearing your mask, uh, staying hydrated. And uh, listening to uh, this podcast, also checking out our reviews at youtube.com slash only stupid answers. We've been talking about the DC Universe original content, a- aka CW original content, mm-hmm. and HBO Max original content. DC Universe ain't looking too good, but hey, they supported this show, so we got to say thank you. Also, I'm going to say thank you to my co host, Mr. DJ Waldron. Hey, that's How me. And I didn't say my name, it's Sam. It's Sam. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. It's Sam. Sam and DJ. You know, yeah. we're over two ep- two hundred episodes into this this stuff. It's like you know, you 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 take yeah you, you take some stuff for granted. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> we got to make sure we got to get our names. Yes. Uh, in case all, this man. is where you're hopping in for the first time. Welcome. Welcome. Appreciate you. Uh, love you. No, that's too much. But we appreciate you joining us, and we appreciate our very special guest joining us. You might know her from Screen Junkie. She's also been on Schmodown and Um Actually, which, by the way, I did that too. You should go watch our episodes because that was a really fun show to do for a little bit. Thank you, College Humor. Let's give a big, warm welcome to Miss Danielle Radford. Yay. Danielle, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, and thank you for reminding me to stay hydrated because if y'all know me, I'm nothing but thirsty. Uh, hey. Uh, oh. <laughs> Um, but how's it how's uh your quarantine going um you know it's it's okay i think it's off and on for everyone um you know i think that the important things are yes stay hydrated wear your mask uh how much am i allowed to cuss on this i never remember as, as much uh, as you more want. than usual okay uh, uh don't do fuck shit like you know and you know what fuck shit is yep. uh, so mm-hmm. don't do that um i am fostering a cat right now who Ooh. is in love with me love it um i and his he will he will get his forever home soon and uh, i hope that and, you know he's a cat he'll be fine he'll fall mm-hmm. in love with them too i think he's just a big lover but like everywhere i go he's there he's like a dog cat and he's huge he's like corgi sized wow um, oh yeah, he's big. He's got to be like mixed with something. But yeah, he oh, and he's 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 such a lover, um, and he's such a sweetheart. And so that has been helping me get through core because it's like, for me, um, if I have someone else I have to take care of, I get over myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Feel that? And he needs I get me. That. And yeah, he needs me. He needs to be fed. He needs his litter box changed. Um, which also means it's like, well, Danielle, all you have to clean your house. Um, it just turns me into a responsible parent. You guys. Yep. No, I feel you. No, I, I totally get it. I've been kind of doing well. So I, just to be totally honest, I think I mentioned this uh, last week, but there was like a, a death in the family, like an extended family member. And that kind of affected my sister and her husband and they've got kids, but they're quarantining somewhere else. But I offered to like do social distance babysitting a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like they've been like, I, cause it's like, you know, you're trying to be safe and like, we haven't seen anybody. So, you know, you're trying to like weigh the options. So like, we just kind of like hung out outside for a couple hours. So like yeah. they, can have, they can have a second, but it's like, I don't know, man. But it did for me to bring it back. It, it was a nice distraction for me because I think the first like month or two, I kept being like, 
it's only been that that we you know it's only yeah. been like that that like I, i'm con- i i uh whenever i work out i always like try to count down or like try to make the numbers seem smaller in my head so yeah. i can like manage it but like there was a certain point where that broke and it's just like i can't handle it anymore but why like helping out with my nephews and my niece they're just like there's so much energy all the time there's yeah. no time to think about anything else no, i don't have no. time to think about my problems i gotta throw the ball with them again or i gotta pick them up again or i gotta i don't know throw them into a tree i don't know what i'm supposed to do but i gotta keep them uh focused and and not let them uh do hurt themselves right yeah no and i like uh you know i'm quarantining alone because i live alone which was tight before this started (laughs) (laughs) and now uh, not so much but and i've had a couple of social social just i mean mostly i do like the zoom stuff where you hang out with your buds and like you watch something on netflix party or um you know you you watch things together i'm very much looking forward to i'm gonna be watching um uh i think with my friend uh adam we're gonna watch money plane this weekend which i'm very excited for i've been seeing money plane oh oh sam Oh, Sam. Money Plane. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, do we have time for me to talk about Money oh, Plane? Oh, please. Please go into it Money Plane. It is the only thing I want to talk about. Please. Um, Money Plane is this movie that is about, it stars Kelsey Grammer and um, Adam Copeland, who some of you might know as Edge from WWE. Nice. And uh, oh. Thomas Jane is in there. Denise Love Richardson's it. in there. Uh, Joey Lawrence is in there. So it is about uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer is this dude who is like, you know, there's millions, billions of dollars in crypto on this plane. Um, so he hires um, Edge to go on the plane and steal it because the plane is basically like a floating, like black market casino in the sky, which I know your first question is, isn't the whole benefit of crypto that it's not physical? Mm-hmm. Yes, Sam. That is the entire benefit of crypto is that it's not physical, but it uh-huh. is on this plane. And one of the great things is, is, um, there was, I don't know if, I don't remember if it was in the trailer or if it was released. There's this great scene where Kelsey Grammer is trying to explain the money play. He's basically like, they're the biggest badass motherfuckers on this planet and they're all betting for whatever you might want on. <clears throat> If you want to bet on a guy fucking an alligator, money plane. <laughs> and what would that bet be? First of all, yes. like, I don't. Is it that you, he would do it? That he wouldn't do it? That, that he would that survive it? After, yeah. Right. That, that they would be cuddling afterwards. That they would get exchange phone numbers. That the gator would ghost him. Like I need to know exactly what this bet would be. Um, but that was I was already in on money plane because it's already looks like like just the worst movie and i love bad movies and then as soon as that came out it started going around twitter and i was like all right i'm not alone we're all money planning yeah yeah <laughs> I, I was seeing uh our, our pals joe star and and lon uh talking about uh money plan i've been seeing their chatter on uh twitter yeah it, it's it's interesting the movies that are coming out so many movies not coming out avoiding theaters uh but some, you know like scoob Instant classic Scoob is, is a um, movie. Yeah, Scoob. Yeah. That's a movie we all remember came out last month. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, was God, that last man, month? Was a month ago. It feels like it was like 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> this, no. this year is a decade, and I think we've all just got to be okay with it. Oh, my God. But going back to your point with the cat, with the pet, we, my wife and I um, got a cat in February, so before everything was going down, Ooh. and we already had a dog. Um, and that that has been helpful. Having the pets is helpful for variety of variety of reasons my wife um works at a hospital nights and so there's uh, a good portion of the week where i'm i'm home alone and so it's good to have the pets around but also with the cat in particular because the cat is the most unbothered creature i have ever (laughs) encountered in my life like it it does not like we've had an issue getting the cat to stay off of the counters 
because the cat's name is it's missing an eye, and so we named it Bonnie after the pirate and Bonnie. And the cat is a pirate. The cat likes if you leave food out, uh, she's gonna find it. Uh, but like we'll spray the cat or whatever, and then like two minutes later, we've just sprayed the cat and she's run upstairs. Two minutes later, she's up cuddling next to you. She doesn't care. She's unbothered. Her, her, and the, her and the dog will get into wrestling matches, and the dog is about 10, 10 times the size the cat is. Oh, for sure. And she's just like jumping on it and clawing at it and just doesn't, not intimidated, doesn't care. And it's like, I need to be more like this cat. Like, my dog, my dog is scared of everything. My, my dog worries. Just, you know, the worried dog face. Like, whenever there's a sound yeah. five houses down, she'll bark. She's just worried about everything. This cat, nothing bothers this cat. And it's like, this is, I need to. I'm more like the dog. I need to start being more like this cat. Where I just this cat is unfazed. This cat is just doing its thing. It. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my my dog's the same. Where he he's the best. He looks like a little baked potato because he's put on some weight during quarantine. Who has it? <laughs> okay. It's fine. Uh, I haven't actually. Weirdly, I am the only person that will come out of quarantine looking better than I went in. I have no idea how I did that. I think it's literally just drinking more water. You should, you should oh, just same. write <laughs> write a book about it. That should be your like how to lose weight in quarantine if we ever go back. <laughs> but uh my uh my little my little baked potato dwight he uh i've now learned that he will immediately go under the bed if he hear like he'll run into another room if he hears velcro <laughs> if he hears he can somehow hear people filing their nails he can hear that oh. and he runs or if he um what was the other thing um you can, it's something else like it's all these like weird little things that will make him immediately go and like run under the bed uh but uh as a gift my dad sent him a new harness that has velcro on it so now whenever we go take him on a walk he has like a little panic attack because he <laughs> wants to go on a walk so he's kind of confused yeah anyways my life is crazy exciting right now okay. <laughs> like it is if you could tell fun. it's super exciting but on the show so we're going to take a little bit we're going to dive into daniel we're going to dive into your new, new show on sci-fi, uh, the great debate. But before we do that, I know we talked a little bit about money plan, but before we do that, we like to talk about what we're into this week. Something you're watching or reading, or or, or just something that's piqued your interest. And Sam, let's let's start with you. What are, what have you been into this week? Uh, I'll keep it brief because because uh, I want to know what you guys were into. But uh, we talk about comics, so I'll give a shout out to Deceased dead planet the dc put out mm. um it's a follow-up to dc's from last year it's dc's answer to like marvel zombies um and it's it's fun and like i, I really like this the the pitch for dc so far i forgot where we left the story before uh and i tom taylor is just a really good uh, just a phenomenal writer and i like what he's doing and i did oh oh and a lot of comics are ending because they're like we don't have the money to we don't have the runway anymore yeah. to like keep these stories going because yeah. of the quarantine uh, so Doom Patrol ended. I think it ended when it was supposed to, but it's just a bummer. You yeah. know, like there's a couple other uh, Hawkeye ended, which was a bummer. Like all That's these other ones bummer. ended. Um, and uh, uh, but like there's other books that have come back. Also, like I've been trying to do more uh, French lessons. I've just over the years, I've always like taken like like a few French lessons through like Rosetta Stone or, or Duolingo or something like that. Yeah. But I uh, and I, I've been getting kind of far, but like it's only like my understanding of it. Like I can't communicate with people. Like I could read it or I could watch a movie and I'd understand a good chunk of, of what it is. But I, I started picking up French comics to just try to like challenge myself to like don't look up the translation just try to understand what it is because i just need to do something else i need yeah. to yeah 
like I like I, I signed up for Masterclass too, uh, mm. and I've been like watching like Neil Gaiman and R.L. Stein. They talk about writing, and I, I there's this one on mixology, which is really interesting because even if I'm like never gonna make these drinks, it's like super cool watching them use all these like crazy ingredients and stuff. By the way, if you want motivation from a writer, R.L. Stein, fucking great. He's always like, <laughs> writing's not hard. It's like people ask me how I come up with ideas. He's like, you just do. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm. I can't tell you like to like look into your soul. He's like, just think of something you want to write about. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, and then when he gets into like the nitty gritty, that's the interesting part. But he's like, I can't like tell you how to come up with ideas. You just mm-hmm. do. And he still cranks out seven novels a year. Oh my god, that's crazy yeah. that this man keeps doing it. Anyways, I've been trying to do things like that, but the the piece of media that is consumable to all of you if you have HBO Max that I would recommend is Close Enough. It's from the creators of a regular show on Cartoon Network, which I didn't watch. But Close Enough is like a Bob's Burgers uh, equivalent, I guess, because it's about these, like, this young couple in Los Angeles that has a kid uh, <laughs> that probably got married because they had a kid, but they still <laughs> love each other. Uh, and they live with a divorced couple in a very small apartment and it's just watching them like like LA living and it's part of it I guess is kind of wish fulfillment because you're just watching them live a normal life they're like look they went to a bar um, <laughs> you're like, you know, like oh, wow. oh my god that's great they went to a park like they're going shopping but also there's like that otherworldly weirdness that like a lot of Cartoon Network shows have mm-hmm. that's really enjoyable like uh, the second episode uh, opened with a recreation of the turn down for what music video uh, but I don't want to say more. I think rec- just go watch it. But it was a fully animated recreation of that, and I, that's one of the best music videos of all time. So true story. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really good. So check out Close Enough. And do I have any other recommendations? Oh, I rewatched yesterday the Danny Boyle movie. Uh, which DJ, I feel like that's not on your li- like that's not on your list of movies to check out. No. But I will say it is now. I feel like it's going to be like a yearly movie to check out for for me and my girlfriend. It just it's a brings a lot of joy because yeah. it isn't about the Beatles necessarily. It's a fun sci-fi exploration of like what if you got to create the thing that you love and is that like morally right for you to do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like I like that exploration and also it basically it's a movie that I'll just quick explanation. It's a movie where a guy gets hit by a bus, he wakes up, and for some reason no one knows what the Beatles are. No one's heard those songs. And, uh, but also in this world, there are other things that don't exist. Like no one knows what Coca-Cola is. No one knows what Harry Potter is. No one knows what the crazy one is. Cigarettes. Those don't exist. And it's like, I don't know how this even works, but it's just this fun exploration of this uh, in the movie. It's really delightful. But uh, that's it for me. Uh, Danielle, we'll throw it over to you. Any like movies, TV shows, books that you're into this week or you'd like to recommend? Um, I guess I wish that when I got hit by a bus, everyone forgot the thing that I loved so I could make it. I would like right. to make X-Men. Instead, I just forgot everything I loved for a little bit. Um, so little that's, bit. Kind of, that's kind of a big bummer. Not quite um, as fun. Not quite as a fu- uh, fun a premise. Not quite as fun. Um, so right now, I am single, which for the first time, um, I mean, I've, I've been off and on since I've moved to L.A., but this is really the first time I've been like single, single. Um, since I've moved to LA and I've been here forever. And so um, I've been really into like love stories, but like specifically super hardcore queer ones. Nice. Um, I think it's just because I'm pan, but I was uh, in a heteronormative relationship with a dude who was also pan, but whatever. Um, so I've just been really into that gay shit right now. And so uh, <laughs> I've been just watching the gayest stuff. So what's uh, She-Ra? 
it's yeah, so uh-huh. fucking gay. Yeah. Yep. Go check that out. And also, Shira, um, I joke that it's so fucking gay, but m- the most important part of it is it's really about the idea of, okay, what if you found out you were the chosen one and you found out that being the chosen one fucking sucks? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you found out that you were the chosen one and like, m- you know, I, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, just uh go and and not in that angsty way where it's like everything rides on me but no like in a real way that i haven't seen a lot of media um tackle before so check that out that's really good that is on netflix and that is just ended so you can catch all of it awesome um harley quinn harley quinn yeah into the dc harley quinn um dc harley quinn because i think all of us when it first came out we were a little bit like oh cool they're going full edge and maybe it'll be interesting but oh it's so exhausting all the edgy humor but what harley quinn does they do the same trick but like on a way less bleak nihilistic scale that bojack does where there will be the dumbest quote-unquote edgiest whatever thing you've ever seen and then in the same time you're watching this amazing actual genuine character growth and not in that way that yeah. a lot of people be like well they did this in this episode but no you're actually watching people grow and make choices and you're falling in love with people that you didn't think you were going to fall in love with um as characters and watching their progression grow and there's still so much humanity even though they're constantly saying the word fuck or whatever yeah um so yeah that's that's when i got super into I have been just really into the show Shameless for like most of this year. It's just been, uh, I, I don't, it, it's just it's a really, it's a really good show. I like the way that it's written. And again, it's got that good gay shit. Mm-hmm. And probably the gayest thing that I have been into during Core Core. I have started reading fan fiction, my friends. Oh, Ooh. hell yeah. Okay. I so- thought you were going to say something else, but that, yes, yes. You, <laughs> that is, yeah, that's gay. What yeah, did you go think on. I was going to say? <laughs> well, okay. So like, since you're mentioning shows and the animated shows, I thought you were going to say Steven Universe. That show is gay as hell and it's amazing that is oh, that... gay as shit but i've been i've been i talk, i feel like i talk about steven universe every time i talk about gay shit so i was like just cutting it off oh, okay so we haven't had that many guests who uh have watched it dj hasn't oh. checked it out did you watch steven universe future if you watched all of it oh i'm all cut up um steven universe it, it's cartoons now are going back to what and maybe they were and i just wasn't paying attention but i feel like a lot of what cartoons back in the day used to be able to do is take you know, make things really fun and really light, but also weave in these themes that could be really heavy, but they do it in a way that is accessible for all ages. And so Steven Universe, you know, they've got really funny songs about like a a character called Cookie Cat who saves the universe. Uh, They've got like a a thing called Breakfast Buddies, which is about like sad breakfast foods. (laughs) You know, they've got all kinds of really funny, crazy stuff. And it's this huge, actually really deep universe. And it is incredibly funny, but at the same time, they find a way to talk about, and again, not in a way that is heavy handed, not, but in a way that kids would understand or like all ages, they talk about things like consent, um, which is a huge one. They talk about thing, you know, issues about like embracing who you are and your identity, but the big overall overarching theme of Steven universe is learning who you are, learning about your parents, um, doing that thing we all have to do where we realize our parents are not perfect mm-hmm. and having to reconcile ourselves with the fact that they are not perfect, especially um, because Steven's mom uh, is dead. So he's got to reconcile himself with the fact that she's not perfect, but also the way that she is not perfect has affected others in ways that he is now taking that guilt on. And so a lot of the series is about him going through that journey of being like, Oh, I wish I would have gotten to know my mom, but now I'm getting to know my heritage. Oh, 
my mom might not have been like the best person. Oh, my mom was a, not a good person in the way that affected a lot of other people. Oh, now I'm taking that guilt on because maybe I can fix that. Um, and then just taking on way too much responsibility. And it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great show. And again, all of these themes, when you say them, you make them sound really dark, but it's really just, it's, it, it enriches what is already like a really funny, silly show. There's like mm -hmm. a pumpkin that's a pet. Like it's, there is really hardcore, silly stuff in it. Um, so that one, yeah, is worth checking out. And then yeah, fan fiction, man. Uh, yeah, please I, go I, back to the fan. Fi I want to know what what fan fiction ooh. you're reading. Tell tell us about that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So I don't even watch Supernatural, and I've been reading a lot of Supernatural fan fiction. You guys, oh Lord, that's uh, a lot. You that's guys really, lot. you really want those brothers to make out, and it's weird. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you about I was going to ask you about that because you said you said uh, uh, supernatural fan fiction. And I was like, OK, what would that be? And I'm like, OK, I have a pretty clear picture almost immediately what that would be. And then I had to remind myself, those two boys are are, are siblings, right? They are related. Hmm. Yeah, yep, hmm. they are. They are. Uh, uh, and and that uh, only only makes the the groins of the people writing it uh, hotter. And honestly, a lot of people like a lot of a lot of straight women love writing gay fiction. It is like a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I've read a lot of the because um, there's actually I, what's interesting to me is fanfic and yeah a lot of it's bad but it's also like hey man these are a lot of people who are learning to write and yeah. their intro into learning how to write and learning how to develop character is through this thing this piece of medium that they already love what a better way to you know i i can't draw now but when i was like thinking about learning to drawing i did it by tracing yeah you know and so i think it's really an interesting way for people to learn how to develop plot and all of these things by using something that they already love and is already accessible and they get to see if they are now able to and they don't even know they're doing it they just know that they want to write as fanfic where the brothers make out um but they don't know that they're actually developing real skills and so that's been one those have been ones that i've been reading a lot i do i i, I tend to stay away from the incesty ones but that gets really hard uh, mm -hmm. on fanfic because all of a sudden you think it's just a regular old fanfic and boom yeah boom it, it uh, just then, sneaks then, in there uh, then, then all of a sudden you hear things like and you, there are so many great fanfic cliches that i i um the, describing the eyes of two people would be like and then suddenly green eyes met blue mm -hmm. um that's one love it Another one is when they're describing French kissing, they will describe it as licking into someone's mouth, which I have never heard as a description oh. of French kissing. But you will see, you will hear it, you will see it in almost every great fanfic. Um, a lot of them have uh, almost clinical, uh, uh, almost as though uh, Dr. Ruthian um, knowledge of of how um, anal sex works. Cool, 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 like, cool. Uh, uh, they, they, none, they, none of them have ever done it, definitely, but they all definitely have an idea of how it works. Yeah. And then, um, what's another one that I'm reading that I'm really into? Okay, so probably one of my favorites, and I can't always read them because I love them so much and they make me kind of sad sometimes the way they're written. I love any fic that is about Venom and Eddie Brock being in love. Oh dear okay. Lord! There's so oh, much no. of it, which it's the that, and that's after the movie. I feel like that kind of maybe existed before, but after the mm -hmm. movie, people are like specifically Tom Hardy, <laughs> Venom. Yeah, yes. that that was that's a big thing. It's a big thing, and it's and and the thing is, is in the comics, it has been canonical that they have been a couple. Like that is a thing; it does exist. Um, and so many of them are like, what I love about them is so many of them are Eddie Brock like denying his feelings for Venom and Venom learning how to do human things while Eddie is asleep so he could try to court and date him. So it'll be like Venom, like Eddie's asleep and Venom is watching romantic comedies and like giving him dead grass and being like, and he's like, what is this? And he's like, cause that's what you give to people is dead plants. Dead plants. And like, that's so weirdly sweet. 
<laughs> it's so sweet. And, and also I'm a big sucker for, and this is another thing they do in fic, in Venom it works very well because he is already a fish out of water story, yeah. but they will take characters you already know and find ways to turn them into a fish out of water or born sexy yesterday. And so you'll get things where it's like, um, one of my favorite fics is about, in the show Shameless, uh, one of the characters is this character named Ian Gallagher, and he is in a relationship with this dude named Mickey Milkovich, and they're kind of an opposite to track thing. It, it, essentially, think of it as if, um, think of it as if, uh, 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 what's his name, Cunningham, um, from Happy Days, yeah. was was uh, having sex with the Fonz. Think nice. of it like that. Like that's kind of, except like modern, but that's yeah. kind tight, of tight, like tight, 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 what tight. those characters are outside of fanfic. So there's a fanfic where they make Ian an alien who doesn't know how anything works. And so he's doing things like trying to learn how to make toast. But one of the fun things is, is when you do these alternate versions, which got, you know, I love doppelgangland. I love alternate tellings of like a story I already like. That's what I find interesting is they're finding ways to apply the things that work about this character and these stories and this world while also applying rules of other things. Um, So again, just really interesting writing exercises for those kids that they don't even realize they're doing. But I love that stuff where it's like, oh, he's like an alien. He doesn't know how things work. He needs to know how toast works and it makes him cry that he doesn't know it. And like, I, I am so soft for that. Venom got so angry because Venom bought a plant that like didn't, um, that was dying because they didn't know how to take care of it and it was already dead and it, it like it was crumbling and Eddie was going to throw it out and Venom starts like weeping because he's like I got that for you because that's what you get for people. Wow. That, that oh. makes my heart so soft. <laughs> so, so soft. By the so- way, a really quick question. Yeah. Are you watching Doom Patrol or have you been watching it? Oh baby, you know I'm watching Doom Patrol. They gave us, me and Deej, I don't know how many times we covered the idea of them doing a, a Doom Patrol. In fact, I think that might have been one of our movie fights but I don't remember. It's possible. I don't know how many times me and Deej talked about the possibility of them doing Doom Patrol, how impossible it would be for them to do Danny the Street, and yep. how we would riot if they did not. And they did it, it worked. Yep. And it, it was did. beautiful. Well, and speaking of that, beautiful. like uh, uh, my wife, who's not is not a comic reader or whatever, uh, is has been watching season one with me, and it does a, such a good job of like because I've while I've been watching season one with her, I've been reading Grant Morrison's run, which heavily influences the show. And it's, and it's interesting because I love that run, but it's like how that would be completely impenetrable for my wife uh, because of how insane it is. And the show does such a good job of maintaining that insanity, but doing it in a way that it's like, People can watch. People can actually watch it, and enjoy it's it, and accessible. understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. well, but, it cranks up. Like yeah. it doesn't just like start at the crazy thing. Yes. It just like allows you just for a second where it's like you can under you can understand this concept yeah. of it, but now we're gonna just go a little bit further, or we'll tease it so you ask questions, and then later it pays it off. Like you see the street appear and then disappear, so you get to like learn later what that means, and it's like it's cool. It's like they, I. I I've had some friends who do not read comics like text me like, should I check this out? Because now it's on HBO Max and they love it. And they're like, I still have to take it one episode at a time. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. totally fair. Yeah. There's a that's lot. There's Watchmen a lot. Is. Yeah. Because yeah. Watchmen, I mean, Watchmen, it is great if you have if you have read the book. It works if you've seen the movie. Obviously, it's not movie canon, but it's close enough. But I know people who totally got into Watchmen without and and it is like it is so deep and it is so crazy but because it is more of a slow burn into the really nutso stuff yeah i did find that there i knew a lot of people who were like super into it like i believe uh tour uh joe star's wife who was also an amazing artist she is not just a wife um <laughs> but, but that but that is an access point for some people but tour uh again amazing artist go check out her insta she i know really got into watchmen and i don't she was not like she loves comics but i don't think that that was a particular one that she super got into um so that was one that a lot of people i knew and, and well and black twitter ate it up black twitter was like oh you're talking about tulsa we should probably go watch this thing mm-hmm. 
Wait, so uh, I don't want to lose track of the fan fiction though. Real quick, I want to. I want to. Oh, I want to say. Yeah, sure. I want to circle back because because you, you know <laughs> when we talk about fan fiction, we talk about the horniness of it all, and I yes. wonder is that is that like the main driving? Are people making fan fiction? Because TV isn't horny enough for them, or the or the comic, or whatever it is, is not horny enough for them. Also, follow up question: uh, Did fan fiction get a bump from um, Fifty Shades of Grey, which is famously started as Twilight fan fiction? And so, did that? It, was that right. like a shot in the arm of a community that already existed, and now more people are dabbling in it? Well, and that community has existed forever. And I feel like we we most famously know about it um, through the Star Trek was kind of the biggest fan fiction community on message boards and things like that. Yeah. There is That is where we get the term Mary Sue from, is specifically from Star Trek fan fiction. And I, a lot of us look, people don't use it in the way that it was meant. The mm-hmm. way that it was meant was there was literally a fan fiction writer who people got tired of because she made a self insert character in star Trek that now every star Trek story was about. Mm -hmm. She was the star. She was the hero. Everyone loved her. She was perfect. She could do no wrong. And that character's name was Mary Sue. And so that is where, when people talk about Mary Sue's, usually what that is supposed to mean, or what I always take it to mean is it is the author inserting themselves. They're using another character that is basically them um, to insert themselves into this universe that they love. I, you know, there, there are, that does happen in fiction. Uh, uh, Stephen King famously did that in fiction and not even, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, I think Lady in the Water was also that, right? So there, uh, I would say Wesley from Star Trek The Next Generation could be argued was author insert. Well, and going back to Grant Morrison, yeah, going back to Grant Morrison, his Invisibles run, there was a character named King Mob that was literally like supposed to be like a chaos chaos magic transplant of him in the comic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I will say that when I first started writing, you know, we did not have the internet back then. I'm not going to tell you how. Well, well, no, we did, but it was like expensive and it was But so when I first started learning to write, I didn't know that I was writing. What I was doing was creating, I was tracing comics and creating stories about the X-Men with a character who was me. Yes. And that's what I was doing. I, I didn't put it out there for public consumption, but that was like my entryway into writing. And I, and maybe that's why, like I have this love for fanfic because for me as a kid, like that was my entryway into doing it, it was being like, I love this world. I want to be a part of this world. Here's how I can be a part of this world. Yeah. And I hit them. I had so many spiral bound and composition books because I would do them in composition books because then people would think I was just studying and not mm-hmm. that I was being a nerd. So you know, I, but that for me was like me telling stories and I couldn't draw. So I would trace different panels and I would literally go through and like find panels of books I was already reading that I liked and like create books out of it. I, I remixing, I guess you'd call it. Uh, so it, uh, or now we would call it a uh, 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 machina, machina, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Where you take something that existed and then you turn it into something worse. So, I, um, <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I do think. The horniness is obviously a big part of it. And I think that for a lot of folks, it is a way to um, express, express sexual stuff that maybe they can't um, express that is that they are learning to express. It is also just like anything else. The horniness is what fuels the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the horniness, the reason the credit card, we got credit cards was because or uh, online credit card processing was because of porn. Like the horniness 
is has always been what, what drives industry. Eventually, when they start making like really good uh, androids and robots, we're going to look back and say, the, you know, the the real doll walked so that androids could run. Like yeah, that's what it's going real. to be. And, that, and that's just the truth. And so mm-hmm. um, I do think that that is part of it. But there are a lot of people on there where you read things and you'll be like, I put smut in it. I'm not good at writing smut, but I figured I should try. But smut gets the hits. Like if you can yeah. write good smut, you will have. And so the people who write the most popular fanfic, it is a combination of really good smut and really good story. And especially for a lot of kids who, if you can't get porn on your computer, mommy, daddy don't necessarily know what all the fanfic sites are. Yeah, you know what I mean? For real. Um, so you can go on there and you can read. All, and again, it is a way where it's like, you know, if your parents see it, they just see like, oh, he's they're reading their little stories. If they're not actually going through it, they're, you know, I assume the kids these days know about clearing your history, but say that you <laughs> didn't and you were looking up a, a gay porn and, and you're and someone and your family might have seen it. That's embarrassing. Even if your family is cool, you don't want to talk about what you like. Yeah. But if they see that you were on an archive of our own and it's like, oh, it's that little writing site they go on. Yeah, they're right. You know, they're reading they're reading their stories. They're reading their whatever. That's also a way to be able to do that. And all, then also maybe if you're really kind of embarrassed about it, you can pretend to yourself like, oh, I'm reading this for the plot. Yeah, right. Like, I, like listen, Playboy. I, yeah, I'm only reading Playboy for the articles. All right, mom, yeah. don't don't uh, <laughs> don't get on my case about it. no, but I like that a lot. Uh, that perspective a lot, because I remember when I was a kid. Uh, I would write my own little Animorph stories where I was, what, the fifth, sixth or seventh member, and it's like I had all my morphs written down, and, and you're right that that is that's is kind of like a gateway towards other um, more sophisticated writing. Like, I think everybody starts at that point where uh, it's just, like for you, it's me, but I'm an X-Men, or, or in my case, like me, but I'm an Animorph, like... And and then as you hope you know if that's if that's what you want to do if that's something that interests you that you like and you spend more time and you start developing um, skill sets out of that or or maybe your book gets published as Aragon or whatever I don't know like uh, depending on your your, your accessibility to, to certain things but I, I like that uh, perspective a lot. By the way, which uh, what did you turn into? If you can remember. Okay, so because every animorph had their like their their fighting morph and their bird morph. Uh, and they were all different. Uh, and my fighting morph was a jaguar. And so I did a lot of research on jaguars and how they could drag. I think I had a whole sequence where, because it, jaguars could drag stuff in the trees, it like killed a hork bajir and dragged it up into the rafters so people couldn't find it or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, uh, finding a bird of a cool bird of prey that wasn't already taken by the main characters was tough. But I think I settled on a kestrel, which was a type of falcon that was in Florida when I was in Florida. And it's cool. It's a nice, it's a small little falcon with red feathers. It's cute. Um, yeah, I think those were my those were my go tos uh, for that. Right, and then and, and another thing is again we we make fun of the idea of the Mary Sue or the whatever, and and obviously we're making fun of ourselves for doing this. But a lot of writing is just doing that in a way that's more sophisticated, mm-hmm. and you can't see it as much. So much of it is oh well, you know, I put aspects of myself in all of my characters, or I put aspects of the people I know in all of my characters, um, and and that is just kind of a natural thing to do. Yeah. It's just like you you bury that stuff real deep you know yes. it's not literally well i am a mutant and my name is masquerade but her real name is danielle and she has purple eyes and she can have every mutant power ever at the end yeah 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 yeah. that's that's where you, that's the starting place we all begin at and then as, as you hopefully as you get a little bit more sophisticated with your writing it becomes like listen she has this really powerful mutant power but also she's complex and she has problems you know what i mean that she needs to overcome <laughs> as a person and grow you know what i mean but you're 100 percent right and what's funny is that the only people we let get away with just straight up doing that still 
um, are stand-up comedians. They're the only people where it's like, I'm going to have a show that is just about me. And granted, the show has to be about how you are messed up in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But it's still in the end, you're the one everyone likes. Yep. Still in the end, the show is about you. you uh, um, the, the one, the w- one uh, addendum to that it would be is I just finished season two of Rami. And uh, <laughs> that that show ends on a very bleak. That season ends on a very bleak note note for the character Ron. <laughs> oh, I haven't caught up yet. Yeah, it, I, I heard I heard it was really good. It, it is really good, but it's like if you thought if you thought um, season one puts you in like awkward situations, it seasons two is like oh wait, hold my hold my beer. We got we, we're going to go even deeper. It, it uh, see the. There was two episodes this season where I literally had to like pause the show and like take a minute to like process what was ooh, happening. See, I can't do. Yeah, I did that with season one. Uh, the episode where the miners are drinking and the when he's high and talks to the friend's mom. Yes, those were the and and the final episode. Actually, are, there's a lot of times I paused. I had to pause season one because it was it was rough. Yeah, it gets painful. I, I, I sympathy cringe. So I yes, like, if you sympathy cringe, I also sympathy cringe. So there there are going to be moments of that in season two where. It, it 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 it's i think it's worth it uh, i think it's mm-hmm. a good show but it there are moments where like wow this is bad like this situation is really bad um uh, and i do i right. will say that the catharsis of it of of just like in real life when you do something that's incredibly embarrassing or incredibly dumb and then you're able to get through the other end the catharsis of that i was like well i survived that so i guess i can survive you know what i mean there is right. that 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 catharsis there but uh anyway I did want to mention, Daniel, thank you for bringing up fan fiction. It's one of those things where it's like, I definitely read a lot. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> like, poke. I think Pokemon Harry Potter probably, like, was the one, like, what I'd read the most. And, you know, like, it just kind of ranged on what kind of stories they were. But thank you for bringing it up. Because it's, like, one of those things that's just buried in my head. I'm like, yeah, I did read, like, a shit ton of it when I was, like, in high school. Like, and I just did, like, a th- Kingdom Hearts. So much like they they go to the Marvel worlds or like they are not Marvel worlds. They go to like the Pixar worlds. That's before they did that in like Kingdom Hearts three. Those were like the ones I would like try to look up and read because those were like that's what I wanted. Yeah, that was that's the other thing is it's like it's fan casting. It's the stuff that the fans want. And so other fans write it. But it's also, you know, you will see the supernatural guys. And aside from just them also making out, they will be like, okay, well, now the brothers are at Hogwarts also making out. There are all these different ways that, that these things come together. And I think it's so easy. And I've been guilty of doing it before I really gave it like a critical look now that I've been reading a bunch of it. Um, I, I We all used to make fun of fanfic. Um, and I think it is one of those things where um, I'm going to just say it, a lot of fanfic is written by women. And so it becomes that thing. And especially when it is like the Snow Queen Ice Dragons, when all of those things come out and it's like, oh, the ladies like the Twilight. So then, you know, it became Fifty Shades of Grey. And, and it became really easy to make fun of that because we make fun of things that are inherently for women. Um, not, and I'm yeah. not, look, we all know what Twilight is. Mm-hmm. We, we all know what it is. Twilight ain't Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, it is worth a critical view, like no matter what, all work is worth a critical view. But sometimes I do have that moment where I'm like, you guys go a little too hard on some things, which are just as corny on the other side. Yeah, um, for sure. And, 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 and I will read, I'm going to read the new Twilight book because it's going to be fucking terrible mm-hmm. and i love reading things that are terrible because i read all of the twilight books because someone told me a werewolf fell in love with a baby and i'm like i have to watch i have to, read I that have to know i have to oh, know how, how does the werewolf fall in love with a baby <laughs> what is the bet of a gator versus man these are the questions i have to know but yeah so i think now that i'm giving it more of 
um, a critical look because it is something that I have been reading. And also because I've been doing, aside from, um, I'm going to create the segue for you, Sam, um, aside from the writing and the stuff that I've been doing on Honest Trailers and The Great Debate and all the other writing I've been doing, I've also been trying to do more of my own kind of narrative writing um because i'm which is stuff that i've always done but i'm really putting concentration on it now and like really working on it i'm working on my pilot like everyone says during um during this time and i'm working on uh, some projects that are that are very cool um some of which are based on other properties and whatever but it is more narrative than the stuff that i'm used to which is very much um you know sketchy stuff satirical stuff uh, the great debate which is a different form of writing and so it's been really interesting for me and again just now going back and kind of looking through the journey of that and recognizing that yeah of course it's easy to make fun of uh the fanfic stuff but it really is a you know, I I hesitate nowadays to poo-poo on things that help people discover things about themselves that they may not know. Maybe they discover that they don't like writing and they wanted to do it because they just wanted to be like, uh, dick goes poopy or no. whatever, you know? <laughs> and But maybe this person discovers something about themselves that they really like. And maybe they do write the next Fifty Shades of Grey and maybe it does suck. But just because that happens, I, I personally know many great writers who have started doing fanfic i won't tell you which ones they did i won't tell you who they are no. but i know people who are very talented who did make their start there and for every you know what the reason we know about the 50 shades of gray th- gray thing is because it happened once you know yeah. like that's why we know about that but yeah. for that there, there are a lot of people who are just discovering the joy of creative writing and they're doing it in a way that is safe and they are doing it in a way that is easily accessible for them and then through that they will learn how to create characters and they will learn how character traits work and they will learn about plotting and pacing and all of these great things and uh i just i don't think that that's a bad thing i totally agree no. with that i think that's a that's, what were you gonna say, a refreshing Sam? point of view yeah for for sure for sure so and, yeah. Oh, sorry. Really quick. Last thing I was going to mention was I think I wrote, uh, I never published it like on a website, but I definitely wrote a fan fiction for SpongeBob where he went up to the human world and went to New York City. But that was it. There's no erotic part of it. It was just I wanted to know what it would be like if he went to the world. And then they made a movie about it. So I don't want to say that I, I, like, it was the secret. Like I manifested a thought. But yeah. But I, who, I mean, who's to say? We can't say it's not that either. Nope. Exactly. Yeah. I but, don't understand quantum physics, man. None of us do. Nobody does. But uh, for me, um, not a lot this week. I will, like I mentioned earlier, watching Two Patrol season one with my wife, and it's great. And if you had a chance, not only check that out, but check out our reviews for season two. We drop those every week. Um, I've also started watching Insecure on HBO. Uh, my oh wife, my god! Yeah, my wife and I caught uh, Yvonne Orji's uh, stand up on HBO. Loved it, and she watched all because she binges stuff. I don't really binge stuff. I take my I like to take my time. She watched all of all of it. Uh, and she's like, it's great. And so I started watching it. And unsurprisingly, it's great. Uh, really enjoying it so far. I'm only a few episodes into season one, but I, I, I'm really enjoying it. And then um, just touching on uh, gay shit. Uh, I mentioned this a few couple uh, uh, episodes ago. Was watching Matrix and then uh, Matrix Reloaded. And I finally rewatched Matrix Revolutions. And uh, Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions are better than you remember. Uh, I know when I, at least for me, I, my the group I came up with was like, oh, the sequels were lame. And I was like, yeah, this, whatever. Rewatching it, they're actually really cool. And also, I guess, you know, knowing what we know about the Wachowskis now, they are gay as shit. Like the, every movie has an extended sequence where they go to some sort of BDSM club where like every, everybody's doing everything. And it's, and it's great. It's great. And, and it's cool to, in specifically in Reloaded, 
um, uh, excuse me, Revolutions and Reloaded, they introduce, uh, you know, there's the guy that hacks them into the Matrix. They introduce a new guy, Link, and they introduce his wife. And they set up the wife as like, oh, I'm sad you're going to do the thing, the heroic thing, that, like that shit. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. Then in two, the machines are coming to Zion and she's like, fuck this shit. If I want my husband back, I got to help fight these machines. And she starts, she's with another lady and she's loading the lady's bazooka for her, fighting to save the day. Meanwhile, Niobe, who doesn't really get to, she shows up as Jada Pinkett Smith. You're like, cool, Jada Pinkett Smith. And she doesn't really do a lot. In three, she pilots. Uh, she did it all in the video game. Yeah, she did the whole shit piling through. Like Morpheus, though, I will. One critique is Morpheus doesn't get a lot to do in in uh, Revelation Revolutions, um, but the movie is great, and I like the way it subverts um, every everything it sets up in the first movie. It subverts and kind of undoes that, and doesn't doesn't do what you expect it to do. Um, and I, I think I think as it's weird to say those movies don't get the credit they deserve. I, I, because there's some of the most, the, the best hit and best selling movies of all time ever. But <laughs> I, I do think those, especially the sequels are underrated. I will say, I said this at the time, I'll say it again. Uh, some of the graphics in the second matrix are uh, dog shit. Um, specifically <laughs> uh, when he's fighting all of the Smiths, but Ooh, the, uh, yeah, but the ideas behind everything and, and for every sequence like that, you've got a sequence like the attack on Zion, which is breathtaking is genuinely, I know it's not the cool, uh, wire foo shit that we liked in the first movie, but the sequence where the machines are attacking Zion is genuinely breathtaking. And, uh, I, and, and again, I applaud a movie that really, it, it is, the themes are broad enough that like uh, pastors could do sermons on the matrix and how it's about Jesus, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but it's also specific enough um, to the ideas of of being yourself and of sacrifice and of questioning authority and, and and there's it's I think it's more challenging than say like a Star Wars which is which I know when it came out it was like this is the star the next Star Wars whatever I think a lot of the themes in it are more challenging than that and so I applaud the movie and now I'm probably going to check out the Animatrix and now. Before when they're like Matrix Four, I'm like ah whatever. I'm like now I'm like no, I'm genuinely into. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm genuinely excited and I'm genuinely into it. And before we move on, um, in the chat on uh, uh, over here, we've got Ulysses Campbell. What, what other people are into? Uh, Ulysses Campbell started checking out the Expanse, which I'm very happy to hear because I love the Expanse. Mm. Um, uh, Kevin is saying uh, Vinland Saga, which I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's awesome. Uh, Vanny has started watching Leftovers. Um, <laughs> Uh, Efren is finishing up Dark Leopard Red Wolf for a book club um, and starting My Dark Vanessa, uh, which I'm going to assume those are both books. Um, David Rodriguez is rewatching The Boys. And Caitlin Conway is saying we should watch Bojack Horseman, You Cowards. And all I hear is that it's depressing. So I don't know if I'm going to, how much I'm going to prioritize that. <laughs> it is, it is, it is so funny. It really is like one of the funniest things. And oh, there you the go. It's great. Oh, and one that I forgot, and we don't have to talk about it in depth, but I do have to say, um, I May Destroy You, uh, which is done by uh, by um, uh, Michaela Cole, mm-hmm. but who did Chewing Gum. That is another one that is really great, but Insecure reminded me that I was watching that. And I usually don't recommend stuff until like they're they're done done, but yeah. this is one I want people to catch so that they make another season. Is I May Destroy You, is that a joint HBO BBC production? Or is that... Um... Cause I'm going to check it out. I've heard nothing, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. I'm going to check it out, but I haven't had a chance to yet. And also, um, 
Uh, Vanny wants to thank you for uh, uh, sticking up for fanfic writers. And then Kevin <laughs> just explained that Vinland Saga is a Viking anime, which when you say that, I'm a little bit more interested because the, the, the clash of cultures there, anime and Vikings, it, it, I'm sure it's interesting. But uh, we spent a lot of time on fan fiction, which I think is great. I'm glad that we. I'm glad that we did. But <laughs> I do put it in the title. I too, do. Yeah, but episode. I do want to take a second to talk about your show, The Great Debate, which which uh, Danielle, you play DB8 on it, um, which which is kind of the the robo um, sidekick character. And I'm going to be honest; it took me an embarrassing amount of time to uh, decipher for myself why your what DB8 stood for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed about it. I'm like, DB8? with DB? Oh, idiot. That's debate. Yeah, you fucking moron. Uh, but yeah, so, you, so you're kind of like a, a Baron Vaughn's kind of like quippy robot sidekick. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, um, I'm, I am the Andy to his Conan. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a sidekick, so they check in with me on stuff. And uh, I am, that whole process is like really, really cool um, because it's, I'm recording all of the stuff live, like when they do it, because I'm also oh, one cool. of the writers. Um, like I'm a content producer, so I'm also a writer. So that is, those are the, the things I content produce. I content produce DB8 and I content produce a lot of the writing. So when I'm up in the booth, um, I'm also like, I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm saying the stuff for DB8 to stay, like, as though I, like, I'm a producer and I'm just like, Hey Baron, like, here's something that we forgot. Or like, Hey Baron, it's interesting that this person said this, here's a fun fact that maybe everyone didn't know. And so the way that it was working um, back in the book four times, <laughs> uh, and I think I can say this, there's always a control booth. I think everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, so I would like, uh, I would be talking and you could hear me on the stage and we would all be doing it live. I would just be like somewhere where everyone else wasn't. And yeah, the apparatus was really cool. If you see DB8 blinking, if you see DB8 smiling, if you see DB8 moving, that is actually me doing that. Like it is tracking oh, my face cool. and I am doing that. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, That's when you see cool. DB8's mouth moving, I am, uh, I am, I am making that happen. Like that is a, that is a thing it is doing because my mouth is doing that, and so that is something that I always thought was really cool. And I think I can say this. I don't think they're going to get super cranky about it. But yeah, so there was there's like a microphone, and like if I I press it, um, that would like make things happen. Um, and yeah, and it would go down uh, down there, and then there would be voice distortion. And of course, just like anything, you can clean things up and do things in post. But it wasn't like I, it's hard because when you say like, I'm the voice of, I think a lot of people think it's like, oh, she went in and did VO. It's like, no, because I'm, I'm a producer. So I was producing DB8, like as in I was actually doing the job of like, you know, uh, coming in and again, just like, just like an Andy, just like any kind of uh, sidekick host or whatever, or like a producer, like if you've ever seen, um, you know, um, geez, I'm trying to think of the name of it now. And I, Jesus and Mero, where their producers will jump in and like with a quip or like say something really quickly, like off camera. I'm yeah. basically doing that, but I'm doing that through being a robot. Um, and so, yeah, that was really cool. And writing on it was super fun. They brought me in pretty late in the process. Uh, they brought me in in February. It was very, very quick. And wow. so I was on there for the last bit of production, like right when we were getting scripts together and, you know, uh, confirming talent and getting most of the segments and stuff together and then going straight into shooting. And it was a such a dumb, good experience. I was, so it was like, Ify Wadiwe was also one of the producers on there. Oh, cool. 
which is a name that folks on here would know. Yeah. And a guy named Andy Wood, which he's done a lot of producing for different things. And so this was my first, you know, obviously I've been, I've been writing and you guys know me from Screen Junkies and fandom and, you know, uh, yelling about wrestling or writing about wrestling mm-hmm. or writing about yelling about wrestling. So people know me from all of that stuff and honest trailers, but this was my first TV TV thing and it was really interesting getting to really like see how the process worked and it was just so much fun it was really and when people talk about oh i had the best time blah 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 you're like shut up no like it was really man i was working i i loved it and not just because i i you know i like working i work but i was doing like i was working working on that show um and everyone who did it there's just like a lot of love that was put into it and it was really fun you know coming up with fun questions and you know obviously you get a bunch of really funny people in there and one of the things that we can do for them is be like hey like if you have an idea you know or you know if you have an idea for something like we can you know we can give prompts or something like if you want and then you can build on it but most folks came in and they had their own which is what we want you want them to come in and like they do their own writing and yeah that was just it was so much fun and uh i really hope we get a season two yeah everybody should yeah everybody should go check out the great debate so they can get a season two and i will say you talked about you know people contributing their own ideas i watched a couple episodes and of course i wasn't surprised with like you know people like Jonah Ray, Orlando Jones, or Colton Dunn, like people that you know that are like funny and entertaining or whatever. I was genuinely surprised with how funny Adam Savage was from, and maybe because oh, maybe I didn't watch enough uh, uh, Mythbusters, but I was like, oh man, this guy's actually doing a really good job. Oh, he, at, oh, he came in hot. Like he was ready. Like he was, because, you know, that's one of those things where, uh, you know, you, you talk to people on the phone and stuff and just like, you know, uh, while while you're getting ready like this is what the show is going to be like just so you get an idea um so you're not like shocking people where it's like hey yeah you know you're going to come in baron's the host blah 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 and dude was just like so excited to be on the show and to get to talk about nerd stuff and so with that it was literally just like okay well just like let him go and Mm -hmm. he'll just do his thing and that is like the best because he is he's so funny uh and just so funny in conversation too very cool. That's awesome. So we, we talked to people on um, the Discord a little bit about, um, you know, that with the great debate, you know, you and I kind of cut our teeth on, on movie fights and, and yes. schmodown and stuff like that. And nerds like to argue with each other about things that don't matter. That don't, they, Import, it, important things. Very important things. Very important things. Why, why, why do you all think that we like to argue so much about, oh, about our nerdy things? I, I have a couple of theories and uh, some of it is going to seem because it, it's not stereotypical and I don't want it to seem like it is. I do think that there is a natural competitive spirit in a lot of people. Mm. And for some of them, that spirit comes out in sports. For some of them, that spirit comes out in jobs. For some weirdos, it comes out in dating. And that's why we got like that weird, uh, you know, 90s or 2000s era where people were just like, turn dating into role play. And it's like, please don't. (laughs) And for some people, like that is their competitive spirit is, this is a thing that I know very much and I love. And I, I am better at it than you are. And for some people, it is just like a fun thing. Just like, I love doing trivia and I'm really competitive and I want to, you know, be the best like no one ever was. And for some people, it is genuinely a, I am the biggest nerd and you will suck my nerd dick. Like for some people, it is whipping your nerd dick out on the table. So, and it's always interesting to see because you never know who of the people you know is going to be one of those things or the other of those things. Because for me, I think those questions are interesting, but I am not... I am not competitive 
at all, yeah. uh, except for like, I want to, you know, but I'm, I'm just not a competitive person. So I, when I approach those, I, my thing was always like, Oh, I'll be funny. Like I, mm-hmm. I approach those with being funny, which was what, what was great about, well, what was great and kind of interesting about um, actually is that that was a show that was very much like, hey, like just be funny, like be as funny as you can, give funny answers, whatever. But a lot of their audience approached it as though it was a serious thing. And with the great debate, which is something like our other thing has always been like, of course we want there to be like some debate and back and forth, but it's a comedy show and it's supposed yeah. to be really funny. I think a lot of people came into it expecting it was gonna be more of a serious debate show. And I just can't, I can't see that being something um, that would work on a TV. Like, I think that that does really great on the internet. Like people love movie fights and they're, yeah. you know, Lord knows that's not like the only like funny, like debate show. But I, I think a lot of people take it seriously because they are competitive. And because like that is how their competitive spirit comes through is in the knowing of things. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've been in a movie fight where it, it's one of those like, what, you need to dial it back like what this is uh we're talking about <laughs> movies like this is yeah can... it, like it, it they go that extra step where it somehow gets personal and you're like okay cool yeah oh, okay like well, now and, it's not fun and then on the other <laughs> side other side of thinking personally sam and i have been on schmodown a couple times and uh we we enjoy movies uh but we do not have the encyclopedic no- i think i don't when did, did it ever drop sam the one we were on where we completely got shut out like entirely yep it was the <laughs> quickest loss of in the history of schmodown <laughs> Because it was Mark and Draco and uh, his his uh, partner. I can't remember his, the, his, partner, his, his team to... his teammate. But we so I we got two answers wrong. I think, but they didn't miss any, and they got doubles, and they went into like lightning round, and then they they had gotten so many points that it would, it would have been impossible for us to win. So we're like, and we're done. Yeah, <laughs> we were yeah. there for like a total of twenty minutes. That's like, amazing. From waiting to start to the end when we walked out of the. <laughs> And yeah. see, that's uh, that's why when you say people know me from Schmodown, they do not know me from doing trivia on Schmodown. When I come onto the show, I am behind the desk. Uh, I am providing commentary. I don't do trivia because, first of all, for me, uh, and for some people, their their love of this stuff very much comes through in the knowing of things. Yeah. They they know um, they know where you know, and, and I mean like the precise knowing of things, not in that way where it's like me and Deej can talk all day long about specific storylines. We can even maybe talk about like uh, you know uh, this iteration of this character when this character came along, stuff like that. We can do that all day. But man, I'm I'm not going to give you issue numbers except for yeah. the biggies. I'm just simply not going to do it because it's not what I'm interested in. And there are some people out there, man, like that is their thing, like their thing is that they know all of these things and i guess for me when i first started being a nerd um because the internet was around but not as widely accessible as it is now it and and my friends were not nerds it very much i very much felt um isolated as being a black lady nerd and then of course when the world opens up when the internet comes you discover that we've all been there all along yeah. but you you but you don't know that and so when i would go into comic shops i would have people do that thing of like did your boyfriend drag you here or mm. oh yeah you like comics well and that just for me like that kind of gatekeeping is like not for me and the schmodown is supposed to be about fun and a lot like the the competitors who do it they have fun, but they take it very seriously mm-hmm. because a lot of the audience on there, they take it very seriously because mm-hmm. like that is their thing. And like, I don't know. And, and I'm, I'm not saying it's necessarily gatekeepy, but I'm saying like the knowing of those kinds of things is for them. And so the 
I have watched um, just from a side because I haven't done that many episodes, but I've watched just as um, as someone who has a lot of uh, colleagues and friends who do this show. Yeah. As it has gotten progressively more and more competitive to the point where people now are like up studying with flashcards for like a week before they do a match. Like they take it very, very seriously. And I mean, if you if that is the thing that you love sitting around in flashcards and learning trivia and doing all that stuff, man, that's dope. And I'm glad like that is so awesome that you you now have a place where you can do that. And I think that that is amazing. Um, for me, that's not necessarily my thing, which is why I like to watch the Schmodown. I love the people that, that do the Schmodown. I love the people behind the Schmodown. Um, Ken and Mark are amazing. Uh, Mark is my special baby boy who lives in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that they have this thing that they have built themselves that people are so passionate about and that they love so, so very much. But I am, I, I'm, I'm not at the level of needing to know stuff where I can sit down and like go through flashcards and do all that really heavy training and prepping. And, um, yeah, so that's like, if I, that's why I don't do the Schmodown because if I did, I would have, I would do worse than you guys did. I mean, I don't know if that's, I I I almost, I think that is by definition probably impossible. Uh, but, (laughs) but I do, I do appreciate the sentiment. Um, before we wrap up, we did reach out on the discord and ask some of the classic, uh, nerd debates. And so Sam and Danielle, I'm going to, I'm going to run this by you both, uh, uh, these ones, and I want you to pick just off the top of your head. Don't think about it. Who you think wins okay. on this stuff? All right. So we got um, Sony versus Nintendo. Sony. Nintendo. Okay. Uh, we've got um, Apple versus Microsoft. Apple. Oh, Microsoft. Okay. It, it, it depends on the definition of winning. First of all, it, it, yeah, it depends true. on what, also what we're talking about yeah. game systems. Only one of them has one. Um, what about what about Apple versus Android? Apple. Apple. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, what about um, Kirk versus Picard going Star Trek? <sighs> Picard I mean, for me. I'll that's go with Picard a, too. Yeah. That's just a, a preference. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty strongly in the Picard camp myself. Um, what about uh, Sunny D versus regular orange juice? I have very much have an opinion on this. <laughs> Um, regular orange juice look, i have to water both of them down but i have to water because I, I i don't do sweet but i have to water down regular orange juice less so there you go fair sunny enough D is crack yeah yeah sunny yeah. D's. yeah sunny D is something i drank as a kid but i would not touch it as an adult um, i got it for a road trip and it felt like i was chewing something it's not thick <laughs> it's just like there's so much sugar in it it's like yeah. i could like kind of crunch down on it a little bit it's like a liquidized jolly rancher yeah oh. it's dense uh so so i don't know if any of us here danielle you might be i don't think sam and i are uh hardcore enough gamers to be a part of this debate but pc versus console console for me i know why people choose pc i get it i i, I am a console girl i get i get the arguments like people like that they, they like the, the mouse they like the hot keys it does look better you can build your own system and uh, uh, you know if when things start getting better you can take this out like it, it's plug and play for most people if you know how to do it um so I understand the benefits of why people prefer PCs. Almost any game looks better on a PC than it looks on other on console, even though that's starting to change. Um, but for me, I like me a console. 
What about you, Sam? I know you're, you, I, you built your own console, your own PC right now. <laughs> oh, very true. No, I, it just comes to affordability, man. Like, it's what's more accessible. It's going to be a console. Like, people aren't going to have the capability to build their own PCs. Not knocking people who do. Good for you because that's a cool-ass thing to do. That's genuine. Who doesn't look at, it like, a, a custom console with all the lights and the spinning shit in there and, like, the water coolant? And you're <laughs> like, wow, that, like, seems like something from the future. Like, who wouldn't want that? But, like, I can't walk around with that like my switch and i can't like yeah. I, you know like there's like there's just some benefits to having a console uh over a, a pc and i think it's just accessibility so the one thing i don't like about that debate is that it made so many people um so many people who were building computers like build these really overpriced things like i'm sorry i don't want to trash on them and maybe it's different now but i remember when i was very very much into gaming i was like i used to work for eb back when that was still thing all these things yeah. um the rise of like alienware and like all of those like garbage like you should use you know you should use our cords you should use our processor because it's covered in gold or whatever like <laughs> because it became Hell such yeah. a conversation about like pc gaming and it's important to have like a built pc rather than just getting a dell and so it, there were so many like grifters that just came in and fleeced people that's always going to put like a bad taste in my mouth uh, agreed and also personally i don't like to roll with any crowd that calls themselves the master race yeah, that is also a thing that they do that I'm not comfortable not with. Not my jam. Not my jam. Uh, so I tend to, just just as a rule, just as a rule, I try to avoid that Good type rule. of crowd. Good rule. Um, and let's see. We've also got just a couple more. Uh, Tenant versus Smith, referring to Tenet. Doctor Who's. Tenant. I'll, I'll go with Tenant. That's hard, though. That, that's hard. Th- Sam, that surprises me. I'll go with Tenant. Because back back in the day, many moons ago, yeah. I, I remember when you were sporting the bow tie and the and all that and all that and all, and all <laughs> oh, yeah, that. No, yeah, that. my 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 identity was just that. That's it. I didn't have any other opinions on anything <laughs> in life. Uh, probably shouldn't have been a voter at that time, but you know, like I that's that's how it was, and I get it. But uh, whenever I think back, I I, I think I'm going to have to go with tenant. Uh, As, for me, less about the doctor, more about the overall run. I'm going to say Smith. Uh, actually, if I had to really choose it, of the new ones, I'd say Capaldi personally. Um, mm. Although I have unfortunately not had a good chance to to really watch Jodie Whittaker's run, which which is unfortunate, and and uh, I'd like to see more of her run as the doctor. Finally, um, I mean, we've got a Millennium Falcon versus Enterprise, but that feels like an apples and oranges type thing. Uh, mm. Last one was Brenda. She says, "Does anyone remember?" The Pirates versus Ninjas debate from back in the day. I remember that being a big deal when I was in high school and college. I do remember that. In fact, a friend of mine uh, and I made a video of Pirates versus Ninjas when we were trying to make our own YouTube sketch, whatever, whatever, like everybody did in college. Uh, And that was our best hitting video. It was part of like a contest or whatever. And actually, it got maybe like a thousand views and we're like, whoa, we're YouTube stars now. No That hurt so bad when I was doing that too. Because like when I I remember we got like 2,000 views on a video after like two months, we're like, Dude, we're making it. We're making it. Dude, we're so close. Yeah. We're be the next thing. <laughs> that did not work out. What what about you all? Do you have do you have a, a vote on pirates versus ninjas? It's like bears versus sharks. You remember that one too? It's like what and then yeah. everyone's like bear shark wins. It's yeah, That's, it's just it, you know, it, it really it really depends on um yeah, it depends on the venue, man. There you go. Mm-hmm. If you're on a ship, you know, probably pirate also like I mean, ninjas, right? Pirates are drunk all the time. If we're being realistic, if we're just talking about skill sets, you know what I mean? Like pirates were just drunk dudes rolling around on the ocean, dicking around. And like ninjas. They all got scurvy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like ninjas were professional assassins. 
Anyway. Yeah, I, you it, take it, them both and you put them in Nakatomi Plaza. I'm going with ninjas. They, see, there it is. Ooh. There you go. We did somebody wait in our Discord. Hold on, now that you've mentioned Nakatomi Plaza, Efren uh, mentions uh, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon as Christmas movies is, is a debate. Um, yeah, I've heard that debate. I think it was one of those things where uh, people thought it was really cute for a while to call them Christmas movies, and then it became a thing where so many people were doing it that everyone was like, "Yeah, we get it." <laughs> they're we, set during Christmas. We get it. They're set during Christmas. Well, no, and and hey, man, I watch a lot of stuff like weird stuff on weird holidays. Like I, I get it, but I just think it, it became, you know, how every year there will be new one new thing that all of Reddit decides on and everyone talks about. We had the year of bacon. You know, we had oh. the year of, and, and so this was the year of, you know, Die Hard is a Christmas movie where you heard that everywhere and that was what everyone was talking about. Yeah. And we, I think that that's where the burnout came out from. And also for this particular debate, it's weird because both of those, Shane Black did not write Die Hard, but he, he influenced it. Uh, specifically, I think his note was set it on Christmas because Shane Black likes to set his <laughs> movies on Christmas. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we get it. Shane Black has a bit and, and it, for the most part, a pretty entertaining bit. Although mm-hmm. wasn't, wait, wasn't, um, the new predator movie set on Halloween? It was. Okay. I blacked out most of that movie if I'm being, yep. uh, honest <laughs> with myself. Uh, yep. but anyway, so that's, if you guys have a chance Go check out The Great Debate on Sci-Fi so we can get another um, another season. I know I checked it out on the Sci-Fi app uh, on my system, so you can you can check it out there. Danielle, where can people mm-hmm. find you? What, where can they check out your stuff? What else are you doing other than The Great Debate? Oh, a whole bunch of stuff. And I want to, because I'm, I'm not by my computer and I'm like a really tired baby. I forgot to mention that Christian is also one of the people who uh, does uh, Schmodan and it's great. Um, I, gosh, you can just find me on uh, Twitter as uh, at Danielle Radford because I managed to get that one first. Nice. Hell yeah. I didn't manage with Insta, so you have to go to Danielle underscore Radford. Boo. Close enough. Um, close though. It's close. You know, you do what you close. can. You do what you can. It's close enough. And I can link it places. It's fine. Uh, now I'm just being a baby. Uh, where else can you find me? Th- those are the two major places. I- again, I'm, I'm on fandom. You can find me there usually around three times a week doing the live show in the morning and then other various things. Uh, sometimes I host their Hey Fandom series, which is actually, which is a really fun series where we bring in, um, just very talented people. And, you know, we had, um, uh, Neil, St- Neil, uh, uh, Noel yeah. Stevenson come in, um, who is the creator of the new She-Ra and cool. we chatted with her. We had in, uh, uh, uh the voice uh, of, of Yakko and like all, uh, all this stuff. Again, names are slipping out of my brain right now. And I apologize. So we had him, him on, I think it was Rob Paulson. We had him on a few Rob weeks Paulson. ago. Thank you. We had on, I believe Nolan North we had on. And cool. so these are live shows that they're not on. Um, you can watch them on YouTube live. But if you want to interact with the show, because we it's a Q&A show, so it's live. So like we'll have questions that we'll ask. But we also, if you're watching it, you can either ask via text. So you can like, if you don't want to be on camera, you can send in a text and we'll read it out loud. Or you can be on camera and like you can ask them a question directly because, you know, everything is remote, man. So why not? Yeah. And so that has been a really, really fun thing. And I get to host that sometimes. What else am I doing? Do it uh, again. Uh, if you like, if you like the idea of listening to me wrestle, yell, I do that on Titan fights. Um, where else, man? I think that that's about it. Great debate. I mean, I know that there's more, but mm-hmm. if, if, if there is, I'll tweet about it. I'm sure. Exactly. So you can follow her at Danielle Radford <laughs> yeah, for more info do, yeah. on all that. 
yeah, go down to the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening. We'll make sure that we'll have our, our Twitter there. And also, I'll, I'll send you a link, DJ, for where you can watch uh, The Great Debate on Sci-Fi. Also, friends of the show, Maud Garrett and Danny Fernandez uh, pop up on that show as well, which is kind of cool. Just looking at the, the rundown of some of the guests. Uh, so please go check that out and uh, share your love of The Great Debate on Twitter and other social media platforms. Make sure you tag Danielle and tell her that she did a good job. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today and for all the listeners out there. Make sure you go and support all the wonderful wonderful guests that have come on to our show uh, and made it so great over these past four years. Any yeah. final thoughts, Danielle? Um, no, I think that's, again, forgive me. I'm like, literally, I can't think of anyone's name. This is why I don't do trivia, because I can't think of names. It is such a problem. Um, but yeah, no, uh, nothing else. Again, thank you guys for letting me rant about fan fiction, because this has literally been, I get, I get obsessed with things. Uh, this is really quick, I promise, because we're signing off. But I do this thing where I get obsessed with one thing for like a year. And I think fanfic is going to be the thing that I get obsessed with and think about for a year until I find something brand new. You know what? Of the things to get obsessed about this year, uh, uh, there are far worse things that could <laughs> people yeah. could fixate on right now. So I think go for fan fiction. And I think you're on a wonderful adventure that's going to have a lot of twists and turns. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck. I wish you well. Uh, and if you find some good stuff, please share on social media and we'll go and we'll re- find out if the Supernatural Brothers should make out. But hey, who's that? who are we to make that decision? Okay. But uh, gang, if you guys got some fan fiction, hit us up on our Discord, which you can join over at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Check out our reviews at youtube.com slash onlystupidanswers. We talk about Doom Patrol and Stargirl currently, but we have reviews for movies when those were in theaters, uh, <laughs> as well as uh, Harley Quinn, uh, Young Justice, all, ki- all different types of shows. So go check that out. Support however you can. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.